0: hello everyone and welcome to weekly manga recap it is june the 5th of 2019 we are into the new month does that mean it's summer i forget when summer starts is it summer now
1: uh summer to some people is just a state of mind so Uh. truly summer is where your heart is nick and where's your heart right now
0: uh, my heart is in the fact that I don't have to deal with a big uh, exam thing that has been weighing on me for most of the past week I've been rather miserable mm-hmm. for about the past five days if I finally put all that behind me uh, it, it turned out well um, so I'm not doing my best right now but I'm on the up upswing uh, I'm going to be my usual happy peppy self by uh, this time next week so uh, y'all can look forward to Having really happy sounding Nick next uh, next time, uh, and not not Nick not uh, uh, our manga artist friend Nick, uh, but, you know moderately happy Nick.
1: <laughs> now, Nick, it sounds like you're going through some depressing stuff. But you know what isn't depressing? Uh, Make that? sure that your stamps aren't being paid for like a schnooker. Use stamps dot com promo code Talk is Jericho. So, Vic, I listened to the John Moxley Talk Is Jericho podcast.
0: Oh, you didn't? You weren't aware of how often Jericho like? Well, that sounds really interesting, but just a second here.
1: Well, like I've, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'm not unfamiliar with ad reads, but I'm not used to how Jericho does them, where he pretends he's carrying on the conversation when so, he just
0: interrupts it. Yeah,
1: it'll be like John, and he's just like, and hey, man, I was just. Fucking, I was just freaking defeated at that point, you know, creatively, emotionally, and just kind of spiritually defeated and then it clearly you could hear that it cuts to Jericho like,
0: <laughs> like, it, a, like you know you might as well hear the tapes being switched out
1: yeah you might as well hear it because it's like you can immediately tell by the cadence but Jericho still continues he's like yeah man and, and speaking of defeated you know I have been feeling defeated with the stinky kitty litter in my house recently <laughs> and I've and I wanted to just like reach like new levels where he has like Bret Hart on he's just like The death of Owen's just something I've never truly been able to recover from. And you know what's, (laughs) yeah, man, I feel that. And you know what's worse than the death of a loved one? Not having Omaha steaks on Father's Day. Omaha steaks, talk is Jericho code. I
0: saw saw some people editing that kind of stuff into like, like, you know, footage of wrestling, famous wrestling promos and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, uh, so that's the uh, side effect to Jericho's uh, podcast getting his most popular episode ever is now. Everyone knows what a terrible podcast host he is.
1: <laughs> it's it's somewhat amusing, but it's, it's just such an enchanting way to deliver them. I find it very amusing.
0: Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, nobody tell Chris Jericho that he's terrible at anything he does or else he will block you on Twitter. Mm. He's... R- apparently really does like, doesn't like dealing with that kind of bullshit, which I understand. So. Chris, we've got manga to talk about this week. Do we? We, do. Huh. Yes. we didn't just uh, get up on Skype just so that we could talk about wrestling. I know that that's what we tell ourselves every week and inevitably we forget by the end of the episode and have interrupted it four times or so. But no, we, uh, we have manga to talk about this week. A bunch of Still new series going on. Apparently this latest jump uh, thing is uh, now four series, which we might get a little bit more considering that Food Wars is ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget if we mentioned that last week or not. I don't know if we remember, if we knew at that time.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I think we found out earlier this week that Food Wars was ending in three chapters. Food Wars is ending. Um, yeah, two and, chapters now at this point.
0: Yeah. So, seems like this... Uh, this blue final is going to be really quick, but then again, hasn't everything in this entire arc been quick? Um, we'll talk about that when we get to it. It's only one chapter deep, so eh. maybe we should talk about the superhero manga first, Chris. Yeah, all
1: one piece, because
0: everyone yeah, uh, in there
1: is superheroes.
0: I mean, you're not wrong, I guess. I'm never wrong. Uh, debatable. My Hero Academia! Number 230, Sad Man's Parade, which begins with a Sad Man's Parade. But before we get to that, we actually have a flashback in which we actually have a a very in-depth explanation of how Twice's quirk works. Uh, He can double anything. He can double up to two things at once. Uh, The duplicate is always weaker than the original, and he can't actually produce something new until the first duplicate vanishes. So uh, those are the limits on his ability. Uh, And we see that they tried to make use of this ability so that he could duplicate the uh, Yakuza uh, power quirk uh, defeating bullets, uh, which he was unable to do because he doesn't have a full um, understanding of how the bullets work, which he has explained that he needs that before. And uh, we see that as he's experiencing this flashback, he is... Uh, mentally apologizing to the League of Villains who have given him this place to belong because he can't repay that kindness uh, because he can't make full use of his abilities. And now he has passed his mental block and so he can finally repay them. And of course the fact that he can double himself means that he is seemingly the one thing that gets around the whole. He can only duplicate one thing uh, or duplicate two things because each of his duplicates can duplicate themselves as well. So he can do this big ass cocky thing. And he ends up doubling himself so much that he just swells out into this explosion, which he refers to as his infinite doubles sad man's parade, which oh, that's my nickname in high school. What, a, what an incredibly depressing badass power. <laughs> All of us are sad. It's a huge flood of depression <laughs> crushing everything in its path. I'm like, well,
1: that's just fair. I do buy in with this.
0: And uh, there are so many doubles of twice that they end up just flood, literally flooding the out onto the streets, uh, pouring outward. Um, it looks like a, a flood of ants from above. So there you go. Um, skeptic, uh, reacts to the fact that, uh, his puppets have been defeated. Redestro is like, oh, oh, uh, it seems that you, uh, you, you have failed. And skeptic's like fail. No, I've only failed but once in my life, once in my entire life. Ah, this isn't a failure. I'm just moving on to the next phase. And Redestro's like, yeah, okay.
1: Sure, whatever. (laughs) Freak, Freak, uh, freakazoid over there.
0: Yeah. Um, Garen tries to taunt Redestro, saying like, "Hey, well, you just lost your numbers advantage because now there's a trillion of him." But uh, Redestro says, "Eh, "Well, oh well, quality over quantity, then, right?" Getten, Geeten, Jeeten, Jetten, Geten, Getten, Geeten, Geeten. It's a very odd name. Gelatin. That's his name. Gelatin. I assume Gelatin is the Ice Eskimo guy that Dobby is fighting.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. He's just naming stuff out there.
0: Dobby seems to be winning uh, the battle against him. Um, And then uh, it looks like Mr. Compress is in trouble, but a whole bunch of Twices show up. And I do like that the Twices, you can tell that this is the reason why they start killing each other is because they all have free will of their own because they're all talking over each other. There is no coordination amongst them. Um, yeah. So a, a lot of them are even like saying like the same things basically. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, I'm here to save the day. It's like, we're here. Your saviors are here. It, it, yeah, we get it. Yeah. But
1: just like 50 of them all shouting, we're here to save the day. Like, what the
0: fuck? It's like a lot rowdy classroom. Um, so, yeah, anyway,, uh, I wonder if each of the doubles of twice could each double the same thing over and over again. Hmm. What's up? I was just wondering if the doubles of twice could each double the same thing over and over again because each like of them a- could double each of them can double two things at once, so each of them could double themselves. And then another thing, and then that double could double themselves on the other thing, and then repeatedly double the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could make like a, a hundred million of himself, and then they all copy a dollar, and then he'd have a hundred million dollars, basically.
0: Right. Or copy a bunch of Shikarakis, sh- sh- a whole bunch of Shikarakis go around disintegrating everything. Yeah. Theoretically. Which would probably, which would probably be a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> if if all the Twice's killed themselves, have a bunch of Sh- Shigarakis and their craziness going around. Yeah. Um, so it looks like Twice is going to single handedly turn the tide, uh, and then there's a huge explosion of ice, and a whole bunch of them get taken out. Uh, and uh, Dobby's like, "What the? F- I-, I thought I burned up all the ice. Where where did all this ice come from?" And G- Gelatin says, "As I mentioned, I manipulate ice." Uh, and he explains that includes controlling the ice's temperature. So I shot some ice into the water to cool it down, and I could extend my power to that water as well. So he just made a whole bunch of ice from the sewage, basically. Okay.
1: I mean, it's a cool plan. I like the like creativity of it. Like, oh, I control ice. And he's like, well, I really control ice, and I'll use it to basically. Since we're taking, having a whole battle take place in the span of a city, I'm going to use the fact that all of your cities are built with, like, connecting waterways to exponentially increase the amount of, like, power I have. hmm I think it's very cool. And at the same time, he's basically, you know, eliminating the entire kind of, like, big hero moment of twice, because all of his ice is erupting and killing seemingly a lot of the clones, because they're yeah. pretty fragile.
0: Uh he also goes on a little bit of a rant about how in the future that the Middle of the Liberation Army will establish um one's rank in society will be determined by one's power, which is like, oh yeah, that's great. Fun. Um He also uh says that he can smell Dobby's body burning. Uh, and he's he's like, and you know, your skin. Uh, basically, he says the reason why your your body is burned like that is because your own flames. Eat if you use your ability for too long, so mm. so, I think that this goes further actually into that theory that uh, Dobby is related to Todoroki because Endeavor. That's the entire reason he wanted Shoto was because uh, he could use his ice power to counteract him burning his own body up. So, uh, yeah. So that's the reason why he's got all those burns. It's not too surprising because we kind of suspected, hey, he's the fire guy and he's got a bunch of burns. But, yeah. Also, one of the random Twice clones, as it's dissolving, does the Terminator 2 thing with the thumbs up as it melts away. <laughs>
1: I have to assume so, just a weird nod to fucking Western culture,
0: and the other one is dying ass ass last. <laughs> so what a weird little humorous moment of these clones melting away. <laughs> uh, Mister Compress thinks that um they're really going to have trouble dealing with this guy. Uh. And he thinks, oh, well, it'd be great if we could send Gigantomachia against him right now. Uh, and then the scientist who is observing them is like, ah, I shouldn't let them die right here. Hey, Gigantomachia, go in there right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just fucking it pops difference. up out of a forest. <laughs> Boom, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Break it out. I love that uh, that shot of him emerging because the is like, what?
1: <laughs> well, it's cool because like. When you see it from a vantage point there, you think, like, ah, he's kind of just buried underneath, like, a little bit of, like, dirt and some shit. But then you look at the establishing shot, it's clearly a forest. He just offended, like, a fucking, like, small grove (laughs) to wake up. And you're like, that's pretty dope.
0: So did he, like, teleport him to that location then already, do you think?
1: I'd like to think that was him waking up, because wasn't that the thing, that they went over there because he was currently sleeping and they had to wait for him to wake up? So it might have just been well, my, like a wake-up kind of thing.
0: Well, my point, though, though, is every does he, every time he goes to sleep, bury himself in the ground?
1: Maybe. Hmm.
0: Uh, f- a fine chapter. Uh, it, I did think it was really cool to see the flood of uh, Twices. Um, I mean, I knew that he was going to make a big gang of himself, but I didn't think it was going to be to the point that they were basically not acting in the way that a gang does. They were just so many of them that they were overwhelming everything with sheer mass. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like that we're actually seeing, you know, the limits of Dobby's ability, uh, because he's always seemed like, the second strongest member of the League of Villains next to Shigaraki, so.
1: Yeah. No, I think we're getting some cool stuff here. Um, It's building up to a really cool arc. It's, It's odd that... I mean, I'm I'm arguably thinking this is maybe the best arc of my hero, especially in recent times, and it's been about the bad guys. But I'm like, <laughs> we haven't gotten an arc this cool about the heroes, I think, in this series yet, at least not, like, Deku's class in the way that you kind of want them to, like, most, like... School festival art, dude. Chris, come on. Yeah, but I'm like... We've never gotten one where it's been like, hey, all these side characters and... And
0: they're Deku's all doing class. cool stuff and all of it's enjoyable, right? Yeah, like, all like the th- last time... The- Go
1: ahead. Like, we just haven't had that. Like The closest we had was during the the overhaul arc where Kirishima had like a small thing to decide, but then you were like, yeah, and there were three other members of Deku's class there and they didn't do dick.
0: Yeah, each of the last several times where it's been not just about one character, it seems as though some of the other characters that have gotten focus have fallen short... There was that. There was the fact that the the class versus class fights were up and down. Um, So, yeah, it's been a couple of years since we've gotten a quality arc with this approach uh, from My Hero Academia. All right, let's move on to Food Wars. Chapter 313, Divine Tongue at a Loss. So, Food Wars is suddenly ending. Um, I know that you, you were saying like, Okay, well, it's probably ending, and I was like, "No, no, 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 Chris, <laughs> it can't, <laughs> it can't
1: well, it possibly end." Can.
0: <laughs> and it will, and it is. <laughs> um, so here we are. Uh, this arc has sucked, and it's going to be the last note that Food Wars goes out on, and that's bad. Um, yup.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean. Well, hey, we still have three chapters to turn around. Maybe these are the three most satisfying chapters in the series so far.
0: Possibly. So all that's left now is the fact that, hey, yes, Soma has defeated Asahi, but the finals of the blue still remain. So he is going to be going up against Arina next. And the last time the bookmaster, Mana, Arina's mother, uh, had said, hey, hang on a second, Soma Yukihira. Don't get the wrong impression. And she says, you did reach a proper level of gourmet. However, it was not enough. I know that you turned into a demon king wizard and magically shredded my clothes off and everyone around me basically had an orgasm from how good I thought your food was. But no, 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 it wasn't actually good.
1: (laughs) It was just okay, I guess. But like. I don't know, the world's never seen it before. And I, I just want to like raise my hand It's like, I don't think everyone ever saw that soup pie that Asahi made before, either. <laughs> <laughs> that should have kind of won something.
0: And essentially, that's what Soma says. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you did a gifting, disrobing combo thing, but that still wasn't enough. You sure have some high standards. And I was like, shut up! <laughs> Baka! So... Uh, she demands that someone could show her an even greater dish in the finals. Everyone's like, oh, right, the finals, because, yeah, we defeated the villain, but there's still the finals because, you know, well, that's cool.
1: It's never of a guarantee here, Nick. We still have to see. Will Aaron be able to overcome her very important semifinals opponent to be able to make it to this final round against Soma? And they
0: didn't get it. And uh, <laughs>
1: well, That's a shame. you think the other, the other, f- what, I guess, fourth best chef in the entire world in a cooking manga might get some, some notice or attention.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, so Soma is like, all right, let's have a good match tomorrow, Arena, And she just kind of walks past him and she's like, yeah, okay. And everyone's like, oh, no, she's so cold and distant again. And Erina walks off by herself, and she thinks, you know, a dish the world has never seen. A goal that Mother, with her divine tongue, has yet to reach. It is such a tall hurdle, and I at first intended to just leave it to Asahi Saiba and his cross knives. But Yuki here defeated him. What now? Do I just leave it all in his hands instead? No! Mother tried so hard to have me eliminated. I told myself I would prove her wrong. I always win no matter what, even though that's what I said I would not do when I was going to leave it to Asahi can I win though? It's it's, it's it, she's just kind of going in a circle basically. Um, I literally thought for a second when she started crossing the road and was you know just thinking and caught up for her own thoughts. So i like, is someone going to hit her with a car?
1: Oh, <laughs> man, that, if we go to that fucking route, someone's waiting for his next challenge, and then like someone has to walk and be like, Erina was hit by a car, and so there's it's the one
0: driven by. It's the Ferrari driven by Mashiro and Azuki as they're going on their honeymoon right before uh, Apocalypse Dragon comes and blows up the earth.
1: <laughs> Fuck, man. It's a crossover in the last 10 seconds. It's pretty dope. It's pretty cool.
0: Um, We get a shot of Soma uh, sitting by himself, uh, just kind of gazing into the distance, thinking about all the stuff uh, they have it has been said in this arc what Arena said, what Asahi said. Um, and uh, then um, night falls uh, and I guess they're having the match at night. Mm-hmm. It's Soma versus Arina. Everyone is staring. And there's the whole big old Peanuts gallery gathered there and uh, Mana appears behind her screen and she says, I will be the sole judge for this final match. Your theme is a dish the world has never seen begin and uh so someone's like "Ah, oh, okay what do i make but immediately Arena is cooking she's just starts chopping up ingredients and people are like, and uh, at first people are like oh does she already know what to make and well actually i should say i should clarify and say one of the bro chefs from polaris is like oh she already know what to make whoa and holy shit she's and hot
1: <laughs> like, you just... I didn't ever
0: realize it before. Erin is pretty. <laughs> yeah, there are a
1: lot of hot chicks at this school. Whoa! That's
0: pretty dope. I just dope. kind of, like, never noticed because they always, you know, are, like, getting naked and, like, every time I just see a naked girl, I just kind of, like, look at her boobs and don't realize how attractive they actually are. You know, you see, you have to understand that there are more attractive parts of the body than the boobs. That's That's what a wise man once said. That wise man is...
1: Maxim magazine
0: <laughs> so you, you read Maxim <laughs> I read
1: it at the grocery store and then put it back and then I buy some hair gel and condoms and I'm out the door
0: why do you buy condoms uh, they make really good, <laughs> they make really good water balloons if you fill them with the hair gel
1: I uh, drop them on my friend's cars when they're driving on the highway <laughs>
0: This went exactly the direction I thought it was going to go when you said when you acted like there are more attractive parts of a woman's body than her boobs and thought it was the wisest thing ever. (laughs) Anyway, everyone else with a brain realizes that Erina is not cooking like she normally does. It's like she doesn't even know what to do. Something is pushing her, driving her to start cooking anyway. And sure enough. Erna, as she's just like randomly sautéing up some mushrooms, she's just like, I've got to do it. I I have to do it. I I have the responsibility. I have the talent. I'm the divine tongue. I'm the dean of Totsuki. I have to create this dish for the future of the culinary world. I can't. I know I can't. Even Mother couldn't. She's just, uh, well, no, someday I'll just lose all my faith in cooking like Mother did. There is no happy end for me. Uh, I must make that dish. And... And then finally, Soma just comes over and he sticks a spoon into the pot that she's been cooking in, takes a taste of it. And she says, this is really dull slop you're making here. And he says, seeing you cook with that ugly look on your face means beating you isn't going to feel good at all. All right. I know what I'm going to make now. And, uh, you know, puts his headband on. He says, wait right there. Got it. And we cut over to Senzaman and Azami, who are watching things on the television screen. And uh, Azami's like, my plan for a revolution of true gourmet failed. What about your plan? And Senzaman says, I cannot say as of yet. However, this match will bring at least one thing to light. I have secretly cultivated this plan for years. Let's see what results from the diamond generation I've built. Oh, yeah, that whole diamond thing where they uh, they, they clash against each other and, 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 and harden each other into diamond. Yeah. Um, boy, that sure wasn't exemplified at all in this entire arc. So... Um,
1: I made precisely two diamonds. Two. All, of, all of the rest succumbed to a kid who never went to my school. So... And honestly, hey, one, one of the other diamonds may have two. They just didn't match up against each other at any point. So I made one diamond. <laughs> and all it took was for me to sacrifice the hopes and dreams of 400 students.
0: <laughs> truly, That's where the, the cook that gourmet is made.
1: Truly, the Nakiri family will be remembered fondly for generations.
0: I get a really skeezy feeling reading this chapter because. It seems to be about, oh, look at Arena She's, you know, all helpless and lost. And now here comes Soma to just tell her to not do anything and he'll show her the way. And it's like, come the fuck on. Like,
1: I can see a level of it where you're like, oh, OK, so she's having like a crisis of faith and Soma comes to help cook for her. And it kind of comes into the whole thing where it's like Soma's greatest inspiration will seemingly come from his ability to like find somebody he's interested in cooking for or whatever. So I I Mm -hmm. can see from that. But uh, it's just so much of this arc just doesn't feel like anything has really mattered. So it's tough to be like, well, clearly the trauma Arena feels regarding her mother is deep and interesting and we, we have to see this through you're just like yeah, I'm just kind of kind of not into this at all you know yeah I, I like I, I I feel like on a on a level on a surface this makes sense but I'm just not digging it for whatever reason
0: yeah um I mean I'll have more to say I think when we get through the rest of this and the series ends but for right now I'm uh not digging it. Okay. Let's check to see if we can actually access uh, Eden 0. I don't we think we're going access, to be able to. We can
1: access Crunchyroll but it doesn't look like either chapter there's has n- been
0: added. There's no Eden 0 chapter added. Yay. No does it doesn't
1: look like there's a 7 deadly sins added either
0: yet. Yay, Yay. Crunchyroll. So uh let's move on to our uh four jump starts so nick's gonna ha- handle this load alone brother <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll be uh, here so- to make a bunch of jokes at your expense though during it because you're cool. so good at taking on loads there nick oh boom! Yeah, all oh. over me. You
0: put them all over my oh. face and my back yeah
1: zoo, zoo, zoo. I'm a cowboy
0: yeah you keep on shooting those there Chris thank you double fist him yeah I will so we're gonna start with Beast Children chapter 2 a beast that lacks fangs uh and uh, we see that um eventually <laughs> uh Sakura did find out that uh Yukito is Ikki's son so seemingly he did also do what Sora did and just you know looked him up or maybe Sora just told him <laughs> <laughs> that seems the more likely option to me. So, basically, Sakura is like, "Play rugby with me," and Yuki is like, "No," Uh, and it, it's a much more permanent thing that he wants to to too because he's like, "Tell me what high school you're gonna go to, so that I can go to the same high school, so we can play rugby together." And he does like, "No, it's none of your business." And we get a montage from there of soccer, just constantly bothering him. uh, and every time he shoots him down, he's just like, anyway, what high school are you going to? And, he's, you know, he's like approaching him in the bathroom, hiding behind bushes, calling to him from outside while, while Yukito's in class while riding a bicycle by. I'm not sure what that what that's about. And then he actually does one of those things where, like, he does a mock up of the what are your top you know, picks for the high school you want to go to that they do in Japan, but it, it's mar- denoted in the bottom, hand in to Sakura Shichikasa of third-year class group A. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most
1: obvious. <laughs> I think it's like, dude, as he's crumpling it up and like, the cabinet he was oh, hiding oh. creaks open.
0: Um... And Sakura's like, I just want to play rugby with you. I'm not going to get in your way. He's like, you're already getting in my way. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, And uh, he ends up getting locked in a cabinet nearby. So Sakura kind of takes it upon himself. Like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to train so hard that I get super buff and awesome. And that way, Yukito would be like, please play with me. That's how it'll work. Poor guy. Um, Sora approaches Yukito saying like, hey, you know, he's really working hard to try and prove himself to you. And he approaches him in the bathroom to say this, but he's just a lot less obnoxious than Sakura is about it. He's like, you know, uh, this is all because a certain somebody lit a fire under his butt. If only he could achieve his lifelong dream of playing rugby. And Yukito just says, did you know you talk to yourself a lot? (laughs) (laughs) Uh and when Sora gets more, you know, forward about it, Yukita just says, a beast who lacks fangs has no future. And he basically is saying, just because he wants to do it, that doesn't mean that he should do it. Because rugby is a dangerous sport. Um, Sakura continues practicing by himself. He has um, put some cardboard tubes and paper and box together to make a vaguely Yukito-esque looking doll that he can practice tackling on. Apparently, he had to redraw the face several times, which was a very important detail. Um, but anyway, he practices tackling on it. And some random rugby-hating bullies, of which there are many in Japan, I am sure. <laughs>
1: I Nick, I run into three or, four, three or four of them every day. You're like... Hey you're everywhere you really just you can't get away from these guys
0: they see you outside with like a football jersey on they're like hey you better is that a rugby jersey and he goes, no it's a football jersey all right you We're better
1: keep it bad. that way yeah i know we don't have we don't truck with no rugby over here so. and then he stomps on my boots and on my car come on man it's not even rugby
0: have you been Have you been talking to anyone who likes rugby lately? It, well, I mean, there is this one guy named Gav. Oh, Gav! Ah, oh, he's the most rugby-loving guy ever! <laughs> they're just gonna beat you up by proxy!
1: Ah, oh, so then we get, like, the battle noon where, like, they're beating me up, and then you just do, like, Oi! What's all this? Coming from behind him, and the sun's blocked out with Gav's giant <laughs> muscular figure behind him posing, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> Governors, eee,
0: that's,
1: that's his all my catchphrase. <laughs> and then he, uh, I don't really know what they do in rugby. I guess he punts the guy into the sun, like <laughs> you see him just sizzle into the sky. And I'm like, woo, Gab, you did it! And he's like, now off for some supper, I am. <laughs> he never plays rugby. <laughs> he beats up people, kicks them into the sun, then gets food. Every episode. But it it's still called the best rugby show ever.
0: <clears throat> so, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Yukito ends up interrupting um, the beatdown. Or does he even interrupt it? I think it just comes by later. Yeah. I think it... Yeah, they punch him. The guy slaps him across the face. And then... Beats up his doll and then Yukito um, is observing this and he's like, you're just too nice. Being calm and being quiet are two different things. Sometimes you need to just bite down hard. You're not good out for rugby. And uh, meanwhile, Sakura's just like, oh man, I'm just going to have to rebuild the doll. And so the guy's like, you pissed me off really bad. And he kicks uh, Sakura's bag and that gets Sakura's attention because he's like, oh, this is an ugly bag. It's filthy. What's this? You got a lucky charm? What are you, some sort of old fogey? Throw that out. And is like, don't touch that. And the guy's like, oh, something that actually makes you feel misery? Now I know what to target. Get rid of the charm for me, other bully guy. Yeah, let's play hot potato with the charm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the guy... They, they're just tossing it back and forth with Sakura in the middle. And eventually he manages to catch it. And you keep like, Oh, it's like he covered up a ball in rugby. Like, sure. Why not? <laughs> Sakura says, this is my soul. And they leave. I don't, they don't seem to have beaten him up. Cause he doesn't have any further bruises on him or anything like that, but they leave, I guess. Um, and uh, so he's like, oh, well, I better make, you know, another version of the Yukito cut doll so that I can beat it up, uh, attacking it some more. And Yukito sh- shows up and he's like, stop naming your practice dummy after me. It's weird. Um, then he's like, yeah, I saw you getting beaten up and I did not do anything to stop it. But you still didn't fight back. You were beaten up. You had your stuff broken, but you act so nonchalant as if it happened to someone else. I don't get you. And Sakura says, well, I still protected what mattered most to me. And he holds it up. And Yukito thinks to himself something that his father told him, which was, you know, they're always so rough on you. Look what they did to your eye. And Iki says, you don't get it. I've already made them pay through rugby. We see a shot of him scoring. He's like, ah, that's the perfect revenge is scoring a point, getting a basket, getting the big hat trick goal. Yeah. Unstoppable. I don't, don't know how Rugby is scored. I think with um
1: Togwaggles ta- I think they call them. Like you've scored three Togwaggles to my uh, cricket chomp you have? Pip pip. Sure. I'm sure it's going to be referenced in the new Pokemon games. Absolutely. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um Yukito realizes and thinks to himself, like now I know why, why you piss me off so much. It's because the way that you're intent and earnest, it reminds me of my dad. It's like, Oh, that, that does actually make sense because those aspects of his father got him fucking killed eventually. So yeah, I get that. Uh, but then he takes out the form that, uh, Sakura had, uh, given to him and he actually seemingly kept it after crumpling it up. And he writes down the name Hyakengawa for uh, top eight for high school. And he says, look, you know, this, this, uh, you know, high school rugby club was once the top eight in the nation. So if you're going to play rugby around here, this is probably the best bet. So there you go. And Sakura's like, Oh, you're going to let me, know. he's like, look, just now that you know this, do whatever you want. And uh, so Sakura goes off dancing and time passes. Four months later, we see uh, Sora and Sakura at the uh, are looking for their names for after the high school uh, entrance exams, and they have both gotten into Hyakengawa. But uh, for a minute, Sakura is looking over the names, and he's like, "Wait a minute, it's not there." And Sora's like, "No, no, your name's there. See." And he says, "Yukito's name isn't there." He tricked me. <laughs> So, it seems as though, I'm guessing that what Yukito wanted to do was to play against Sora. Uh, Sakura, rather. Uh-huh. So, Or maybe he's just actually really stupid and taking the school. <laughs> like, Oops. These glasses that... are just for show. I'm actually an idiot. <laughs> that would
1: be the much funnier answer. Because, yeah, like, absolutely. logically you think that he sends him here, because you're like, okay, he had his school that he was going to, but he knows that this place might be able to bring out the best in Sakura, and there's, you know, the whole thing there. Uh, but the best answer would just be that he intended to go to the same one, and he's just dumb as fuck. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I didn't know there were entrance exams, <laughs> I just thought they let you in for being really tall. <laughs> What do you think of this chapter, Chris? It's good. I, I think this is the right pace that the series needs to move at. Like, we need to get ourselves to playing rugby, to introducing, like, more of the core cast and get our premise going. Like, next chapter, hopefully, we really, like, jump into it. And I'm glad we're not spending, like, five or six chapters being like, okay, well, let's show what Sora, you know, Sakura can do. And let's tease it what Sora's kind of about a little bit more. and You know, play around with that stuff like we're just immediately time skipping basically till they're in high school and hey let's let's start getting the uh the 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 whole premise going essentially Mm -hmm.
0: and i also think that it's important that we got to see a little bit more of shishigaya's character uh because he was kind of one note uh when he showed up last time just he's just very stubborn it's like okay He's stubborn and he's got tunnel vision, but this sees you as like, okay, this is what actually makes him tick. What makes him really want to do this stuff? So, I do quite enjoy this chapter.
1: Let's talk about Double Taisei, which. Oh, let's talk. About... Oh, we're just gonna jump Double right into a...
0: the series that you you love talking about. No, chapter number three, School of Rock, um, which one of my favorite movies of all time and honestly this is probably the best chapter of double tie say so far it's had
1: nothing to do with split personalities or shogi it was it was very
0: great i mean there was shogi towards the end this mm-hmm. but this chapter deals with something that i do actually really appreciate which is that say is now in Ty's place say has spent his entire life only ever emerging at night so he's never had to deal with all the daytime stuff that Ty has always handled. So he has to go to, to school and he's a complete dumbass because he has not no education up to this point. It's like, Oh, good point series. I'm glad he brought that up. Um, and also, you know, he doesn't know how to act. He's just completely pigging out when it's lunchtime. Um, there is this admirer of ties that kind of tags along with him and they go to the Shogi club together and uh, say um, sees the stuff that, you know, Ty usually does. Uh, and he gets really serious when he sees Shogi. And the conclusion that he comes away with at the very end of the chapter is like, OK, you know, I mean, I want Ty to come back because he's missing out in his life and I don't want to ruin anything for him. But it doesn't work out that way. Uh, You you know, he goes to sleep and he comes back up and he's like, all right, Ty, don't get the wrong idea. I don't want to take your place, but I can't let anyone else do it either. So I'll have to do it as Ty Setendo. And so basically, he's like, he's stepping up. and He's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, keep up the life that my other half, my twin, for lack of a better term, has been leading to this point. I'm going to take up in his stead until he can come back. Um. But we get narration at the end, Chris. It says, "Say hasn't realized that everything revolves around the sun with an attracting force." Don, don, don.
1: So Sai is evil, is what I'm getting. Yes. To. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Bad Look, guy heel turn.
0: Sure. Why not? So it's an okay chapter. It didn't really make me want to read the series anymore overall, though.
1: No, I mean it's fine i i i think uh we always when we get to chapter three of the jumpstart we we make a decision as to whether or not we're going to continue recapping it and my vote is firmly in the no camp because i have no real like interesting hang on to this series there's nothing amusing it's not even like yuki uh uh yui kamino where you're like Maybe it's just going to be so stupid. It's going to be hilarious. Right. Right. I don't think we're even going that. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's just going to be kind of here until it goes away.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's move on then to Samurai 8. Chapter 4, Family Argument. <clears throat> There's kind of a family argument in this, I guess. It's not the main thing that I would focus on. Anywho, uh, we start off seeing Hachimaru uh, flying through the sky on Hayataro's back. Uh, as they're on their way back home after their adventures. Um, And we pick up with the conversation that was beginning at the end of the previous chapter uh, that was going on between Dharma and uh, Hachimara's father. Um, His father is like, all right, so you had the blade. Uh, Or Dharma says, so you had the blade. No wonder I couldn't find it. He has actually been looking for this weapon that he has... uh, Mm -hmm. Found has been in Hotarai's father's possession, and uh, his father counters kind of by saying, "It's like I know you're also no ordinary samurai either, and you have a handle bone that is worthy of it." It's like, well, this this will make sense later, I'm sure. We'll, <laughs> we'll learn. it we we'll no, There's a lot of the whole like details and lore of samurai and stuff that we still don't understand yet. But Dharma explains, and he reveals this that his core, his key. Uh, has this sigil on it that demonstrates, like, th- this is who I am. I'm an initiate of the Kongo Yasha school, uh, and he's like, ho- and his Hachimura's father is like, oh my gosh, the, you know, the legendary samurai who cut down a thousand the Dharma. Uh, but Dharma's like, yeah, and I'm in this kind of cat body now, so yeah. Uh, he says that he is the basically uh, the galaxy is going to be destroyed, uh, and the only way to stop it are sealed within a box protected by seven locks. And the keys that will open the box are samurai keys. Very special samurai keys. And so he's been traveling the galaxy, searching out to, to find the box and to find the keys. Uh, and he has found absolutely nothing up until now. And Father, Sachimaru's father completes the thought for him, saying, one of the keys is Satchimaru. Uh, and he's like, well, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> so I'm not letting him leave. Um, But Dharma just says, like, Look, he's a samurai now. His purpose is saving the galaxy. So why don't you show some more faith in him? There is no need for his shackles anymore. Uh, and Hachimara's father starts to get really upset and starts arguing back. But Hachimara arrives back at that time. And he's like, we're going to talk about this later. His father is upset with him because he's, you know, flying around instead of, you know, walking. And is like, well, hey, I made a friend. And can I go out for a bit more? I want to go. The, I want to go the other way and see what I can find over there. And his father's like, no. And Archimedes like, I'm a samurai now, though. Come on. Come on, dad. I'm Superman. Can I do things? And then we do actually get the family arguments uh, because uh, his father's like, it's dangerous to go alone. Also, I was nearly murdered. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Uh, and is like, yeah, but I saved you. And then he he says, oh, I get it now. The reason you never completed that mobile life support device after years and years is because you were never going to make it in the first place. There was nothing holding you back from doing it. You just don't get me. And he says, his father doesn't have anything to say in response for a bit. And Hachimaru says, hey, just one time, have you ever thought that you could die happy? If you got to fly in the sky just one time, and his father stands up and starts walking out, and he says, "You're only allowed to walk around the house," and Dharma, get the hell out of here. Um, his father goes uh, into their home, and he has a flashback of when Hotsuma was younger, and of course he had all of the life support devices hanging off of him, and he saw. Uh, this video of someone who looks a hell of a lot like Konohamaru, um, flying in this sort of rudimentary plane thing, and his father came up to him and said, "Oh, you want to take a ride in that?" And Hachimaro did his typical broody teenager thing, being like, "No, no, I don't think it's cool. Planes are for losers. No, no, I'm not a little kid who'd be excited by a plane ride. No." So I'm a I was like, big, oh, okay.
1: adult, and I'm only excited by kids, killing, and titties. so mm-hmm. things that are cool to me. Like all teenage boys.
0: So, we see that this was one of the things that was, you know, motivating him to make this mobile support device so that, you know, Hachimaru could go the fuck outside because he wanted his son to be happier. Uh, but the flashback is interrupted by this weird masked face- Appearing in his vision in his mind and saying, One day I will track you down. And he's just thinking to himself, what should I do? So there's something that going on that he still hasn't revealed yet, of course. Uh Dharma has a conversation with Hachimaru. Uh he reveals a an ability to Hachimaru. Uh, because he says something really cool uh here because is like, Oh, I don't know what I should do. And Dharma says a samurai is one who decides everything for himself. And he demonstrates this. He's like, here, give me a number. He says, all right, eight. And so he slashes Dharma, slashes his sword and counts eight seconds off. And after eight seconds, the slash mark appears in the ground. And Hachimura is like, how the hell did you do that? And Dharma says, this is called the Silent Slash. It's a Kongo Yasha skill where you just decide how much time passes between drawing the blade and its eventual cut. Like I said, a samurai is one who decides everything for himself. I'm going to leave soon. So if you cross over that cut, I will teach you all the ways of the Kongo Yasha. But if you stay on that side, you will live in, with your father in peace. And with, you know, barely any hesitation, Hachimaru crosses over and says, like, all right, you're going to be my master now. So
1: there we go. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think this is probably the first chapter that I've been maybe starting to get a little bit into. I think we're we're focusing on characters and giving ourselves a little bit more time to actually get to know who they are with Hachimaru, his father, uh, and then getting this these teas to who Daruma is and, and all these sorts of little details here. Adding that context, honestly, probably should have been done before being like, here's the Nashi. Here's this other random, like, you know, MOOC of the week and everything like that. And here's these things like I kind of need the foundation before I can get into the wide, wide world of everything. So I get that was was
0: solid for that. Mm. All right. And we're going to move on. To the last Sayuki? <laughs> ah, ah, hold on. Um, chapter 13, it's the first cry. you don't want
1: to talk about. What? No! And you're avoiding um, talking about it until the very last moment.
0: Oh, no. Um, the Tori Gate's been destroyed. They can't get back home to safety. They can't call for reinforcements until the ferry arrives. Uh... So Estelle looks worried by this. And there's a cute little moment because Kaharu is like, hey, Estelle, hold my hand. Because whenever I'm scared or sad, Big Brother will just tell me that I'm not alone. He holds my hand. He gives me a hug. And then I'm no longer afraid. And, you know, I'm a little scared. But if we're all together, it's going to be fine. He's like, oh, this little girl is comforting, you know, the older person. And Estelle's like, I'm not afraid. Just gives her a noogie. He's like, it's going to be fine. So let's, you know, meet up with Sensei again. We see that uh, Faruka has encountered this guy uh, who's wearing a plague doctor mask. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna play Bray Wyatt to the ring. Uh,
1: <laughs> Nick, you let him in.
0: Just this is it. the best thing that's going on in it's, WWE right now. It's
1: astonishingly good. I don't even ever want to see him wrestle. I just want every week to be a more ludicrous way of slowly... They overdo it. It's just one single instant in this giant, goofy 80s workout video song. It's just like, I'm in your house. You're like, what? <laughs> What's
0: happening? <laughs> or the bit where like the skeletons are working out with them. Whoa! <laughs> anyway. This guy's gimmick is that his Nyoibo is actually implanted in his body. So, all right, cool. Um, They exchange dialogue and he says that the Karori are um, saturated and these like there's you've sped up the conclusion of the tale. If you hadn't reduced their numbers, your reinforcements on the ferry might've gotten here in time. And now you won't have to deal with this scary tale anymore because I came here to stall you. You're stuck here. So you may as well listen to the first cry of a true Korori. And there's a huge howl of this demonic creature. People's mouths open up as they start coming out of their bodies and oh they're coming. The true Korori are coming and they're dashing in, um, and uh, yeah, they're going to attack the kids. Uh, we get to see that Estelle is actually so fast that when Rionosuke extends his Nyoibo, it can't keep up with her, uh, which is why she prefers to use just her short cudgel thing. Uh, and then she's like, uh, "I'm gonna go change my Lingling Ling outfit now." And they're like, "Okay." Um, I guess
1: this is a fight of time as any, I suppose. Not like there's anything happening.
0: Well, it's good. She's got to be brave, Chris. Yeah, got to so, be brave. Uh, Ryunosuke points out, Hey, you know, I know that what you, you said, like, you know, scary stuff is still scary. So if you're afraid of the disease monster is, you know, let, let us handle it the next time. Uh, and Estelle's like, What are you taking pity on me because you think that your skills are superior to mine? And Rios starts to come around the corner and, she, and he's like, Well, oh, no, that's not. And Estelle punches him in the face because she's still changing. It's like, Typical, uh, typical, unintentional pervert joke.
1: Although um, it's weird because at that point, she's already basically changed. It looks like she's just could. pulling the gloves on. Yeah, I was like, She's putting fucking gloves on and shit. She couldn't just be like, I mean, I guess, you know, hey, knock first, dickhead, but, you know. <laughs>
0: Um, and Estelle's like, I have to be worthy of this outfit and be strong and look good like Lingling. Ling. That's the only reason I'm fighting. The only thing I live for. You're fighting for each other. The reason you're fighting is always by your side. Uh, but Renosuke says, I'm not fighting for Kahara's sake. I'm fighting for my own sake. My biggest wish is to live a normal life with her. And she didn't ask me to do this. It's not for her sake. I just want to do it. If it's my own biggest desire, then I can fight against anyone. If I didn't have this desire, there's no way I could do something as scary as fighting monsters. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of them coming together and they're and they're merging together now, and that's it, the conversation gets interrupted kind of really quickly, so.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're here. This is happening. Oh, yep. There's not a ton to say, unfortunately.
0: I'd probably be more invested in it if I were Holding myself back from this series because I'm like, it's gonna go away. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing in it that like demands that I uh get back into it. So yeah. Uh so anyway, we now complete our journey, Chris, to the depths of shit that is Tokyo Shinobi Squad. You weren't a fan? This is a terrible manga. (laughs) This is so bad. That I don't even care about how bad it is.
1: You don't have a list? You don't have like a giant wacky bit or anything?
0: No, it's just... It's bad.
1: How can you be a critic if you don't have a wacky cartoonish bit about how much you're angry at this piece of fictional media, though?
0: I mean, it's just not worth getting angry about. um, Because... The things that make it bad are just things, A, not making sense, and B, being reflections of the annoying viewpoints that the author seems to have, such as globalization will lead to our country being destroyed, women are here to be sex objects, and stuff like that. There are two female characters in this chapter. Both of them show up in underwear, or and one of them gets killed immediately to uh, show how uh, deadly uh, a villain is.
1: There are three. You There's are the third, you're perhaps forgetting the uh very clever Sia insert of Sina. I believe she's also a woman based entirely off I of sure the musician. That was of Sia. Supposed to be.
0: I, I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a guy or a girl. I also, believe there's it's a supposed
1: random... to be a girl because it is 100% just the musician Sia to the point where you're like, I don't, uh, don't you have to do a little bit more to not get sued?
0: Also, I had no idea that prostitutes just walked around in underwear, including a thong. Don't you have to be a little bit more subtle than that?
1: Um, uh, No, no, you just walk around. You're like, hey, here are all the goods. Uh, pay me my money, you know? Nick, when you go in. And- You don't have to bear the lead, Nick. When I go into a McDonald's, I don't want to have to answer a couple riddles to get my Big Mac. I just want them to put it into my mouth. And that's uh, kind of the equivalent of a girl wearing a thong if she's going to sell me sex.
0: Also, uh, one of the villains, uh, the other guy in the villains group is uh, a black guy who wears boxing gloves literally all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, His name is Mayweather, and he is obsessed with his uppercut.
1: Again, I you know, I think you have to do a little bit more to be a parody. I don't think you're allowed to, to just put that in there. All they needed for that character was to be like, yeah, my name's uh, Lloyd Money Mayweather. And they're like, no, you see, it's only a letter off and you used his actual nickname as well.
0: Also, the, the whole thing about the series is that like crime is legal now, basically. I guess um, there's also a note that like because our main hero Jin uh, has met up with uh was was the kid's name N N a little Thai boy who doesn't have a lot of money. Uh, he's and he tries to uh, pay uh, Jin in. Uh, his own currency, which is uh, bot. And so Jin tells him in Japan, bot isn't worth the paper it's printed on. People here only take Japanese yen, American dollars, or euros. But you can find money exchanges everywhere. Even convenience stores will do it. So go find one and come back. If that's the case, why is taking foreign currency a problem if there are money exchanges literally everywhere? That does not make sense. <laughs> no, I work on the criminal market and I could exchange this money you pay for me at any corner of the street, but I will only accept these currencies.
1: <laughs> hey you know what? It's just he's setting the he's setting the rules. you sometimes you have to follow it, you know he, he's oh. just doing what he needs to to make sure he stays ahead of the game.
0: Got to the point with the amount of uh, sexism and anti and nationalism in this manga that uh, halfway through there's a week a bit into a shower scene. I was like, are they already putting this female character in the shower to give her another fan service scene? Like, nah, actually, the kid is having an emotional moment in the shower. It's like, okay, I don't care. Um, he wants to be a shinobi. Chris, because that's what there's there's Shinobi because Shinobi ninja are so cool. Jinza Shinobi. In the sense that he gets his techniques from ninpo scrolls, that's see, there are they, they give you techniques um, which are ninpo and he's a ninja in the sense that. He has superpowers. That's how ninjas and, are made. He has like electromagnetic abilities, so he can shock people as well as magnetize stuff. That's his thing. Um, and so, Cena, one of the villains, realizes who Jin is, uh, and he then uh, Jin arrives with them, beats a Mayweather Mayweather. Then main villain guy tries to fight him, and we get. Narration that explains Jin Narumi, independent at the young age of 17. In a short time, the innately talented youth gathered up a band of of powerful allies, make big waves in the profession. His elite squad, the Narumi Kai, doesn't yield to money or influence. They value humanity and honor over all else. He was also rumored to be involved in the Justin Bieber incident. I did not make that up. It says he was also rumored to be involved in the Justin Bieber incident, and then a small cutaway of current Justin Bieber appears saying, what do you mean? As in the song that Justin Bieber uh. did several years ago called, what do you mean?
1: Which is weird. doesn't look like Justin Bieber even remotely. Uh, it doesn't seem to capture his face whatsoever. It's not nearly punchable enough, yeah. but also, uh, or kissable there's, enough. There's <laughs> it's not cuttable enough. Uh there's also a, a grand multitude of different like uh Justin Bieber incidents throughout his career. He's not a he's not yeah, an artist <laughs> without controversy. So are they have... implying that he gave them the janitor's bucket for Justin <laughs> Bieber to then piss inside of?
0: Like, oh god! So Jin beats this guy. I guess he does literally a Hadoken thing. He calls it a wave cannon, but he's doing a Hadoken thing. Um, and then they have saved N, and they're like, oh. This, they're going to hunt and down for this ninja scroll and kill him. And I can't let that happen. So join my shinobi squad. And that's the end of the chapter. And it's like, okay. So the parts of this chapter that weren't just generic, unexceptional Shonen action stuff really annoyed me. And so that's why I might just declare, like, no, we're done, Chris, after one <laughs> chapter. <laughs> uh,
1: I do enjoy how... Uh, how do you say it? Papillion? I know it's Pap- like a term. What's it? Papillon. Papillon? I think. Uh, I know that it's like a term for butterfly that I, I've only ever
0: read and never heard out loud. Uh, and Busa Rankin was named that. Yeah.
1: And there's, you know, this whole thing that uh, Papillion brings him into her hotel room that she's staying at, and then that's where fucking Sia locates her, and a bunch of ninja attacks. And it's a very stressful scene about how our heroes escape. We never,
0: at Papillion. any point... Papillion. See Papillion. That's Papillion. how you say it. Gotcha. We,
1: we never, at any point, see Papillion do anything. We Papillion. just we on. We, we just see her at the very end being like, and I'm okay too. Like, there's even a scene where a car rolls up, like, right next to Jen, but it's the kid driving it. And I was yeah. like, what happened to her? All, like, all this is happening. He defeats every single one of the antagonists. So what was she doing during all this? Um, I don't... I didn't hate this nearly as much as you did. It. it but it's. it's... In that same level of, like, I just don't care. Like, there's nothing about this world. Like, every so often there's, like, a theme or a genre or something that just becomes too popular. And I can't express how fucking tired I am of cyber ninjas right now. Like, anything, like, future ninja stuff, I'm just, it's... it's just death to me right now i just I, I have to work to find an interest
0: what was that one series from about three years ago that was basically exactly this series god hang on let me see let me pull up the list of uh what, what, we... what were some more details about it it, it had you know I, protagonist i, I think i'm a remembering, criminal guy i
1: think i'm remembering the one you're talking about too
0: it actually, I think, I think we got the actu- actually the entire run in jump um, back when it was doing jump starts. Cyborg
1: Rogi. I
0: think that was it. Yeah. yeah. And
1: then just dropped that in the chat. I think that does sound right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's Boruto. It's Hachimaru. It's this series. Even like seeing stuff for like cyberpunk, whatever it is from Project CD Red. I'm just like, I just, I don't know. This aesthetic, this entire kind of genre is just very uninteresting to me at this point.
0: See, this is what we do, Chris. See, th- This is it. We are at the front lines of generic in action crap. So whenever anyone complains about, you know, how generic shounen action is when they're watching anime, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You haven't seen all the Shonen series that were too shitty to get more than 15 chapters that we have read. (laughs) So you don't get to complain about this.
1: Yeah. Like you can't be like (laughs) Shonen schlock and you're like, you haven't read the ones that didn't succeed (laughs) that didn't make money, but still existed. All right. Oh
0: my God. Yeah.
1: Let's, let's give Nick a break here. Let's talk about, we never learned question one, turt. 113 sometimes a pizza bat dances with aspects of fortune telling that's an interesting one so we start the chapter off when Firmino and her father they're eating breakfast and watching it looks like they're just eating burnt toast by the way uh they're watching a, a <laughs> program that has to do all about horoscopes and her, her dad kind of knows. he's like ah that's the the butterfly field horoscopes it's a you know a whole blood type kind of horoscope thing and it's very popular with high school girls you know they think it's uh it's 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 gonna really come true, and uh, in case people don't understand the uh, when it comes to like horoscopes in <laughs> Japan, it's all about blood type. It's not so much about the astrological signs. So, no, no,
0: blood type and astrological signs. That was both.
1: Of them. Okay. Yes. So, Firmino goes to the site while she's at school, and she finds that those Libras with blood type A are going to be exponential. Like they, their their chances for love are going to skyrocket. And it, it's worth noting that there's a very important plot point here that is completely missed in the English version because it relies entirely on a pun in Japanese that we don't get. So the whole thing is like, oh, yeah, the guy's going to he's gonna hand-feed you, and then he's going to fondle your chin, and then whisper sweet nothings into your ear, and stroke your hair gently. Then you'll go out in a drive together until midnight, and you'll get cozy somewhere in a private room where things start to get intimate. And uh, Fumino, of course, is like, ugh, this is stupid. Am I really supposed to believe this? As she's holding up a uh, tuna with mayo... Uh, I don't know what you call those. Onigiri, essentially? I don't know. Nah. It's one of those fucking food things. seaweed wrap food things. Uh, Uega pops in, ends up surprising her because she's busy thinking, like, right, besides, I don't even have a special guy in my life. And she's so nervous, she drops her food. Yuega catches it in midair and then, like, falls <laughs> Forward and ends up pushing it into her mouth. And she's like, Oh my god, this is just like the whole thing. Cause he, he ends <laughs> like, Oh, are you okay? And he grabs her on the chin. And she's like, Oh my god, that was two of the first things. This is crazy. Uh, so later on they, they they head out to a restaurant and she's she's busy being distracted. She's like, I'm not I don't I don't care. It's just a horoscope, doesn't mean anything to me. And you gets close to her and he's like, Sugar. And she's like you big dumb idiot, that's not what whispering sweet nothings means. <laughs> and he's like, no, I think you're using too much sugar. And like her coffee cup's just full of it. And I, I do love that notion of her being like, you big dumb idiot, that's not what a sweet nothing means. So she gets, she gets really uh, anxious and kind of flustered, ends up knocking a, a glass of water over on top of herself, gets into her hair, and of course, Uyga starts patting her hair to get the water out. So that's the fourth thing, Nick. All that needs to happen now is they get on a truck until or ride somewhere until midnight, and then they're going to be... And BANG! Uh, yeah, and then BOOM TOWN, BABY! So she's very very, distra- very
0: innocent innocent things that kind of draw people together and then they just fuck and then they fuck hard <laughs> Can you imagine that, that showing up in a morning program like you'll hold hands and then you'll beat each other and then you'll take your pants off and fuck you're fuck wildly <laughs>
1: uh so she at this point, Femina believes this is real now. She's like, four of the things have happened in that correct order. This horoscope is is, is got to be real. So all I have to do is just avoid hanging out with Yuiga, and everything should be okay. And maybe my favorite moment in the entirety of this series is Yuiga. Ewega- screaming and charging after her, and she starts running away from him, because she's like, why are you chasing me? And then he gets up there, and he hands her the change to the restaurant. He's like, you forgot your change! You know? That really adds up over time!
0: It's like three (laughs) and a half dollars.
1: But I love that he's like, screaming and chasing her down. Uh, And you know she's kind of thinking to herself, oh wow, we're really close right now. If someone saw us like this, they might think. And of course, as of on cue, the other two girls walk out of a restaurant right next door and are about to like turn their attention, but there's a truck nearby. So, Uega's exhausted from basically running a marathon to try to get her back like three dollars and 25 cents or whatever she left. Uh, and I wonder if he didn't leave a tip either. That'd be great, too. He's like, we don't need the tip. tip money is for us. Um, Here's its tip. Get a higher paying job. <laughs> That's the one thing he's an asshole about. <laughs> so he runs. Uh, she, he's too exhausted. So she pushes them both in a car. Basically, just before Aruka uh, was about to go turn around by and look. And she's like, okay, cool, we're in this van, they're going to pass by now, now let's get going. And the doors close, and the car starts, and they're driving, and she's like, oh god, we're going to be stuck together in this car until midnight!
0: As Uh, all truck deliveries go.
1: Yes. And of course, Ewega's like, so they had to explain why she assumes it's until midnight, and Ewega's like, oh, it's because of a horoscope? I didn't really think you cared about that sort of stuff. Uh, and she's like, well, you know, sorry about that. And he's like, hey, whatever. If the situation's like this, we might as well just study until we wait. And uh, I guess the truck they're on is very cold. I guess it's kind of winter. Refrigerated out, truck. Yeah. Uh,
0: or, well, that, there's that, too. It's, it is winter. so there. And if there's no, you know, there wouldn't be any heating inside of the truck.
1: So you wake us like, here, you take my jacket. You know, you got water spilled on you earlier. You really can't risk catching a cold with exams coming up. And she's like, no, I don't want to. So they end up sharing the coat together right next to each other as they're studying. And uh, they're they're, they're going back thinking about like, oh, hey, you know, how this sort of stuff's happened before. Like with them at the, uh, the onsen and everything like that. And she starts leaning next to him. And, you know, she's thinking like, hey, you know, we just need to share body heat right now. That's kind of the most important thing. And she's thinking, oh, now the last part's come true. We're in a very... Private area, things are going to start getting intimate, you know. I mean, none of that really uh, feels important anymore. And she's just kind of like embracing the moment. And then the doors of the truck open, and her dad's staring. And he's like, Not that it matters, but what are you doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> and we get the payoff to the pun that we don't understand where Reiji's, uh, Firmino's father's name also means mid like they can be read the same way as midnight right so So it was a
0: ride it it was a ride up to midnight so yeah
1: so it's basically this was an amazon delivery truck to his house so he's just like i don't know what's happening right now i'm trying to ignore it i like (laughs) that like the the driver comes up he's like what are these kids doing in my truck And then, like, he gets, you know, Fumita's father gets handed a couple books and everything like that. And Uwega, of course, being the good boy he is, he's like, oh, let me let me carry these for you. And he's like, no, no, I got it. It's, you know, it's just books for it. And then they drop. And uh, the packaging is terrible because they land on the floor and immediately <coughs> burst open with books. There was no ceiling on this at all. But all the books are books about how to communicate with your young teenage daughter and about horoscopes and basically just ways for a dad to better communicate with his young teenage kind of age daughter
0: and also apparently a thing to make candy too
1: yeah and uh he's like uh these are for class <laughs> they're like you use these teach math he's like Ah, well, you know what? If you're gonna start asking me stuff, what were you doing in that <laughs> truck, right? I was trying to be the cool dad. Good point. <laughs> I do like to oh, I fuck you. Uh,
0: it was, you know, a, a ridiculously outlandish one-off chapter, um, but it was more amusing than the previous one. Uh, not as good as the Creasy one that came before that. So, you know, we're in that realm of we never learned that it usually occupies which is just like okay you know we'll have you know jokey bits to kill time until we get the next you know actual step uh in one of the characters lives uh, which is where it really shines so what you know all right this chapter happened so
1: yeah i dig it for the most part i I do like that it's a little cute moment at the end with her dad like he's ordering all these books to try to get to Mm -hmm. you know better know his daughter It's, it's a very cute little moment there
0: right all right, let's move on to Dr. Stone. Z equals 107. Ace in the hole on the ship of science. Uh, so, of course. Their plan is that they're going to get the mystery petrification weapon away from the master. And it's a mission that only Kohaku can help Amaryllis on. So Amaryllis is like, all right, to start things off with, uh, we'll give we'll give her a dress uh, your your current outfit is cute, but it's it's not the sort that gets you into the harem. And it's like, oh that's that's actually nice of her to say that. Hmm. And Kohaku's just I love Kohaku's reaction to just like, Oh, I gotta put a dress on. Okay, just immediately <laughs> starts taking it out without caring in the world. Just no, there's boys here and, <laughs> and I love
1: that everyone else is just like, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, no,
0: well, rather, Soyuz is like, oh, girl, like he always is, and both, but yeah, both getting in sacred is just like, well, that's gawk, you. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's like, nah, I mean, we don't mind, I mean, you should probably not do this, because your whole thing is to act kind of feminine and demure, to, right. you know, trick people into laying them into this harem, so... Like, they're both, like, in the mindset of, like, yeah, this is kind of what we're talking about, about <laughs> how you need to, ch- to like, change some things if you're going to be convincing in this role.
0: I mean, I do appreciate Kahaku's attitude, which is, like, I mean, they don't care. <laughs> um... So she gets into the dress, and she looks pretty, and she's like, Eh, it's comfortable, but it's really hard to move around in. It's going to be really hard to do kicks. And she does a bicycle kick without hesitation. (laughs) And
1: again, again, there are things like, this is what we mean. You can't just fucking go around bicycle kicking everywhere.
0: All right, all right. Anyway, I'm fine. She straps her shield and sword. I was like, no! (laughs) Uh, And yeah, she just doesn't get it. So then they're like, OK, well, now next what we've got to do is we've got to get the scientific makeup on you. And Seku says, well, actually, I don't really have the materials we need on hand here. So we're going to need the lab. Uh, I prepared a mobile lab that we could take with us when we made landfall. So we're going to need to get to our ace in the hole, our only real advantage. Once we retrieve the lab from the ship, we stand a chance at winning against this island. So uh, they're spying on the ship because it's already been hijacked by the enemy and you know, everyone's been petrifi- petrified. And uh, Kohaku is really pissed off because she sees what's happened to all the other members of the crew of the Petraeus. Uh, Perseus, by mistake. And uh, so again, trying to hold her back. That's not going to work, dude. Um, they happen to spot a really, really big... Um, it's hard to tell exactly how big he is, but he is portrayed as being absolutely massive. But I think that. Um, God. Who the fuck? How is this? Is that Amarillus as a child or is it that, No, that's. Oh, OK. That's Kirisame. So he is actually fucking huge because <laughs> she comes up to like his waist. <laughs> um, So he's going to be like, what, 10 feet tall. All right. That's Minister Ibarra, big ass beard on him, too. And he is, he's not the master, but um, he is the master's top consultant. Basically, he really is almost everyone else. He's one of the top of the island. So he congratulates Kirisama on the fact that they have captured this ship and they're like, all right. Yeah, we're going to be this is going to be very pleasing to the master. Uh, Kirisama, uh brings up, you know, there's a lot of equipment on this ship that we don't understand we should probably destroy it. And she's like, and immediately bars is like, Oh, do you presume to offer advice to what, when you know it is the master who decides these things? And she immediately you know, bows her head and apologizes. Uh, so they also, uh, he's also looking around at the petrified people and he's like, Oh, they've got some really good clothing on. So, uh, well, the fact that they're, they're petrified, though is going to make getting them off a challenge. So, all right, let you know smash them so that we can get the clothes off. And he just shoves Chrome over and he breaks apart, and Kohaku immediately reacts, breaks free from again, and starts rushing down the cliff face in order to get closer to the ship. And so she's like, I've got to take action. Maybe someone on the ship has evaded petrification. I need to you know, get within shouting distance. But oh, she was spotted immediately. Kirisama has actually managed to sneak up on her, and Kohaku is shocked because she didn't actually sense her approaching at all, which means that uh, she must have a very high level of skill. And Kirisama also immediately realizes that Kohaku is like, oh, this girl is going to fight me. So they start fighting, uh, and uh, they exchange strikes, but Kohaku is immediately at a disadvantage because her legs are getting caught on the dress. And just as she predicted, it's going to be really difficult for her to move around in it. And Kirisame puts her on at the disadvantage and she's like, okay, uh, I've got to, I've got to do, I've, I've got to just, you know, do this right now then because, you know, I don't, I'm not going to have any other chance. And she just screams out at the top of her lungs, lab, need the lab. And uh, Kirisame's like, what the fuck is she talking about? And so realizes after a bit, oh. The islanders wouldn't know what the hell that is. Only our allies from the kingdom would know what she's talking about. So she's basically speaking in code. It's like, huh, very smart of her. Um. So Gen gets an idea. <laughs> He's like, "Lab, old buddy, old pal." He just turns to Seku. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, Your girlfriend needs you. <laughs> he just drags Gen over. He's like, "Oh, I see. This girl." is really clingy. Whenever another woman is in the vicinity of her boyfriend, Lab, she flies into a jealous rage and begins to fight. And Kohaku's like, Yes! That is what I was doing! Lab and I are romantically involved! And Senku's like, Yeah, okay. (laughs) And to sell it, Kohaku grabs Senku by the back of the head and, Oh my god! She kisses him! Just above the mouth. And...
1: Like, ahead, oh, I guess. whatever! The,
0: I don't know if there has ever been a ship sunk so hard as in this moment, where Kohaku is kissing Senku, and Senku is like, "Okay, whatever. And Kohaku is like, "Well, I gotta do this, I guess." I fucking hate you. <laughs> um, so, um. She gets um rather a I keep on forgetting her name because I'm not used to saying it yet. Sorry. Uh, Kuro. Not, that's not her name. Kiro. Kuro. Whatever. She gets flustered seemingly and is just like, whatever, just leave, go away, get out of here. And they're allowed to just go without uh, further uh, conflict. So uh, they're like, OK, OK. Uh, and Senku points out to Kaku, you know, your little, their whole thing, you know, there, all the stuff we just did was pointless if there were no survivors on the ship to hear you. But Kaku says, but there has to be someone. And we see that someone has managed to hide in some of the barrels on deck of the ship. And they think to themselves, lab, got it. We get a flashback to when Ginro was Diving under the ship in order to investigate what was that they were hid under it he was out of the range of the petrification and so he's managed to to escape to safety but he's hiding in one of the barrels on the ship and he's like oh of course they've got to be t- they, they need something and they're in big trouble if I don't do something to- oh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do like it one I like that we got the little uh Amary- Amaryllis or whatever her name is yes. the little flashback that showed that there's like a range to these sort of things so it's it's a good payoff to then being like the next chapter two chapters later being like yeah so you can escape the radius of the petrification beam essentially as like a setup to this it didn't need a whole lot of explanation and i will be interested to see how Gidro like responds to this he's sort of this weird sort of character of the group who you're not meant to root for. Like, he's kind of an asshole, but he's right. just waiting for, like, the payoff. So this could be a really cool moment for him.
0: Yeah, this is his, uh, you know, cards are on the table uh, moment for him, because it's it seemed as though, you know, there was the subversion with to that with why he ended up coming along with them to begin with, which it looked like this has got to be his big hero moment. But no, he just wanted you to think it was his big hero moment, so you would like him, and then he could escape to safety like a coward. Mm. So... This is like, there is a dangerous situation. We need you to take action. Are you going to step up? And uh, so this is your hero moment, dude. So Very cool. Yeah. Let's move on to the promised Neverland. Chapter 136. Uh, so this is the actual continuation of the thing that was going on with the uh, puzzle that Emma and Ray have to solve. Posed before the mile. It's chapter 136 maze. And um, it's a lot of it is just kind of reiterating stuff that we've kind of seen before seeing all the same weird visuals, the repeating patterns, uh, odd terrain and twisting buildings and stuff as they're making their way through this building. And they note that like every time that they come to the same place, the rooms are always a little bit different. The rooms are con- connected randomly. Uh, the space is chaotic time is chaotic even the laws of physics cause them to you know age and de-age uh and so they're like it seems like we're just being toyed with and emma's like ah, if he can do all this then what what exactly is it and ray's just like how would i know <laughs> <laughs> while giving her some canned food so that they can eat
1: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like like, eventually last year, like i don't fucking know here's a goddamn ravioli
0: <laughs> um So they're trying to, you know, also figure out what the hell the seven walls are. They don't know what the hell they're looking for. Uh, they're trying to also decipher the patterns that they've, that the, and the puzzle pieces that they have been given to this point. Um, and some is just like, oh, what do we do? You know, What does it mean when the, that the seven walls will appear? And how will they appear? And if the seven walls are time and space, crossing the seven walls equals transcending space-time. To get past this maze, we have to pass through time and space. How do we do that? Um, and even Ray is just at the point where he's like, oh, my God. I, my brain is starting to mush. Uh, they eventually come through a doorway that lets out, like, through a cabinet that is just in the middle of this wasteland where there are these wispy trails of smoke or cloud or something coming up through the air. Uh, and they're like, Oh, well, it's a desert. And that that's it. Okay. Well, we made some progress, right? Maybe we can finish this. Okay. Well, let's go towards that sandstorm. Do do, 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 do. So, uh, but before they can make any progress, suddenly Emma shrinks and she turns into a baby. Um, and so Ray just has to pick her up and carry her. Uh, and then she disintegrates into a bunch of puzzle pieces. Oh, no. He's like, and, I
1: heard it when this happens.
0: Oh, uh, every time. Uh, and then Ray starts to age and he gets all withered and old. And then there are these like ghostly beings that appear in front of him. He's like, oh, the sixth painting on the ceiling. The last painting of night and day didn't have demons in it. Until then, they were depicted in the art. No one was able to make it. All of them got lost in the maze and lost themselves decaying. All of you ended up like that. Who am I? I'm tired. And he just falls over. <laughs> He's like, oh, I, was, I, was, I can't continue anymore. But then another cabinet bursts open and, and Tiny Emma bursts out. She's like, Ray! I got it. And That's it.
1: He breaks her neck. He's like, no, I have it. Sh- I should have found out. Solve the, the puzzle. Another. I should have asked what the answer was first. <laughs> like Jeopardy. It's one of those like collections where you're like, I'm sure this makes more sense in the full context without it. It's a little tough to really grasp everything, but you know, Hey, I could still dig it. And, uh, it seems pretty dope.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's okay, but there's not a lot within just this single chapter. It's much more about the weirdness of it than anything else. It's more about evoking a feeling. Uh, so yeah, maybe there'll be a big payoff coming up soon that we'll really enjoy
1: so all right let's move on to black clover page 207 ultimate
0: magic ultimate
1: so everyone's gonna fight they're all fighting the, the bad demon guy and uh they're they're using combination attacks or they're, they're trying to hurt him and they're like wow he's still pretty good though you know as a moment where he's looking upon leash and he's like wow his magic is is so strong but it's not overpowering it's been you know, refined like a well honed blade. But what is this feeling I have about him? It's it's warm and nostalgic. Uh presumably because he has the soul of the uh least child inside of him, that elf child. So uh Lumiere got hurt at some point, so Sakurai uses sealing magic to seal the wound, which I don't know, seems kinda ticky tack that I guess you're like Oh if you interpret the noun this way it could do anything really <laughs> <laughs> I sealed a fireball in your gold bladder and you're like well that seems bad <laughs> like well <laughs> that's what you should have had sealing magic uh, and she's like, cool, thanks, and there's a whole moment where Asta's like, oh, cool, you guys are so super cool, oh, uh, wow, hey, it feels like this is the best. Asta reacts
0: to people the way that Asta reacts to people.
1: Asta reacts to him as he reacts to every single person he's ever met, and Zach Gray's like, shut up and focus on the fucking fight, and is like, grabbing him by the face, and the devil's like, ooh, isn't this interesting, you know? Hey, you guys have all this This powerful magic, and, you know, it's not like you find anyone who has a four-leaf clover, but, hey, now that I have my body, it's basically worthless. No matter what you have, it doesn't matter. And we, we cut over to a scene of Secre and Lumiere on top of the I just on top of a building talking back in the day, and Lumiere is a whole thing. Wow,
0: Sekre, thanks for sealing us to be on top of this roof.
1: (laughs) Thanks thanks for using your ceiling magic to bring us onto the top
0: of this building. You mean us climbing the stairs? Yes, with your ceiling magic. (laughs)
1: You sealed our feet and allowed them to not be (laughs) impacted negatively by friction. She's like, Not how it works. (laughs) He's like, I want to dream. Uh, he explains how he's like, yeah, I've got basically a four-leaf grimoire with light magic. It's I'm basically the most powerful person ever. But I think everybody's awesome. I think everybody's super cool, and I'm really glad for them. And I want everyone to be able to know that they have a purpose and a value and that they're great. So Lumiere was a very cool, good dude, which makes sense as to why he became the first wizard king, everything, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they're trying to fight back, though, and the devil's like, kind of talk he's like, you gotta hurry up because the magic devouring leeches are just funneling into the lower chambers around here. So even if you want to try to keep fighting me, eventually all your friends are gonna die. So it's pretty that gain for me, you know, being the devil and all. So Woo! uh basically they're preparing to do some big old attack. We 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 jump around to a bunch of different areas and we start seeing that anyone who has an elf taking over their body or is just an elf in some cases Uh, They start glowing with energy that, like, launches itself into the air. And hey, even is still alive. Good for him. Uh, And all the energy channels into Leashed and his sword. And he's like, take this, the ultimate sword, magic, demon, dweller, sword, conquering, eon, blah! And he swings his sword. And the devil is disintegrated in a magnificent blast. And it turns out that that's all you needed to beat him was just a really big spell. But Wait! His heart's still there. And in maybe the coolest scene in Black Clover, the oh, absolutely. heart grows about. This
0: is actually really cool. <laughs>
1: the heart grows about that is like, heal. And then immediately <laughs> the devil's back and he's like, nice try, dickhead.
0: <laughs> I do love that this is like, oh, you just completely destroys him. Down to, you know, one part of him. And of course, we've seen this happen, you know, a whole bunch of uh, shown in action series. It was, you know, the whole thing with cells. like, Oh, one part of him, his core was left and it grew everything back. But it's just the detail of that. It's the, it's still there. And then it grows a mouth in order to heal himself. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just like, <laughs> hey, buddy, heal. So, yeah, he's he's regenerating all the power and everyone's like, well, shit, how are we going to possibly defeat him? And is watching on. He's like well, maybe we all have some kind of potential power within us and everything like that. He thinks back to how he was able to block, you know, it it didn't erase the spear, but he was able to block it. So there must be some kind of power in him that having no magic enables him to help in this. So Asta is presumably the key to winning this whole fight, which I thought we kind of learned about like two weeks ago, but that's how we're also ending this one as well. Yep.
0: It's an okay chapter. It's got it. I mean, the main core of it, with the big attack and the devil's response to it, is pretty cool. So,
1: I I do I do like it a lot. Uh the the way the devil regenerates, and I do kind of like Lumiere's little speech. It's as you kind of mentioned, Lumiere and Segway were probably a very bad idea for this series because we're suddenly a lot more interested in those <laughs> characters and be like the other characters blow, get rid of them. <laughs> Stop showing oh, us maybe cooler the, characters. Maybe the devil
0: will do that, Chris.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be fucking so sweet.
0: All right, let's finish things off with One Piece. Chapter 944, Partner. Uh, so chaos is unleashed in this chapter as uh, everyone reacts, basically. Uh, last chapter, uh, Otoko was going to be murdered by the emperor and his douchebag cronies until Zoro and Sanji intervened. Uh, and of course, everyone starts reacting to that. Uh, the fact that these two wanted criminals have suddenly arrived in the scene. Uh, and the emperor says, uh, all right. Kill kill that them. Kill them. Kill anyone who interferes. I'm going to kill that little girl. Uh, I really don't like so of course, I really don't. all the straw hats who are watching, of course, has to react to this, and I do really like this uh, this opening moment of it because Zoro draws both of the swords that he has. And uh, so I'm just like, hey, no, don't don't do anything. Yasu gave us the chance to get away. So you're just gonna. And Zoro's so just remembering uh, when he had met Tony Yasu and the things that he said. As he, like, oh, oh, you know, uh, in the country, people call a smiling face an Ibisu smile. So give, people give the town its name, and he's seeing his corpse and he's seeing uh, Otoko's crying, laughing face, and he just attacks the emperor and is going to fucking butcher him where he stands. And then Kyoshiro gets in the way and deflects it. It's such a cool moment. It's Uh, supremely cool. And the freaking blast that he has deflected is essentially split down the middle, so the buildings on either side of them get cut instead. Good stuff. Uh, and Kyoshiro says, You're being careless out here with such little uh protection. Uh and Sanji is trying to get K- so Zoro to stop it. Uh, but then uh X-Drake shows up in his Tyrannosaurus form and starts trying to eat Sanji. So Sanji has to get away from that while he's carrying uh Otoko. He ends up uh I guess never mind. Uh a bunch of the others uh, who have rifles try and get in the way and Zoro just kind of without reacting says cover my back and Frankie g- gets in front of him and deflects the bu- bullets and they're like oh my god why won't our guns work who is that carpenter? <laughs> it is
1: such a fucking dope scene, too, of why don't our guns work and half of Frankie's face is is covered in shadow and you just see, like, the light of one of his cyborg eyes beneath the shadow. It's such a cool fucking visual. I've been waiting for so fucking long for
0: Frankie to do something cool. And, yeah, he starts breaking shit, uh, and then he picks up uh, Yasuye's corpse and starts booking it with it. And he's like, I'm not going to let them disgrace your body. It's like, oh. It's really nice. Uh, Usopp takes action. Robin and Nami are getting are getting set with their abilities, too. Uh, the emperor is booking it out of there being carried on in his little cart and just says to kill them all. Anyone who defies me must be eliminated. And Zoro's trying to go after him, but Kyoshiro is getting in the way. And we actually see that Kyoshiro is really tall, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> um, And Zoro's like, "Yo, will get out of my way. And Kyoshiro says, I don't think so. I am the Shogun's dog. Mm. We cut away to uh, Udon, uh, where Luffy is watching this unfold because the execution was public and so it was being broadcast. Uh, and so Queen sees this and is like, oh, oh, those are your folks, all right? Oh, they're going after the Emperor. Ah, hilarious! <laughs> and at that moment, uh, Queen gets a message that there are more criminals from the Flower Capital being brought in. And oh, it's Hitokiri Kamazō who apparently failed his duty to the shogun and he's been locked up in chains and along with them is the escaped captain kid as well and so they're like oh Kamazō i've heard the rumors about him uh and of course immediately you know Luffy reacts to kid being there and queen's like oh my god kid how dumb can you get <laughs> you got captured again <laughs> And one of the guards is like, yeah, he was just shouting and running right at us. We shot him, but he didn't try to run. And yeah, here we are. I wonder if he forgot he had these stone cuffs on. Dumbass. And Luffy's like, huh. So he he got away, but then let himself get caught. And he's confused by this. And Kid is just saying to Kamazo... I thought you hated the way that you laugh. And that was why you stopped yourself from laughing ever again. And Kamazo is just, you know, throwing his head back like Joker style laughing. fa fa And he says, and Kid goes on saying, you would beat anyone half to death who mocked the way you laugh. That was why you covered your face with that mask. So what happened to you? After you split off from me, what did Kaido do to you? Or was it Roshi? Where did everyone go? Answer me. Talk to me, killer. And uh, we see that uh, the man who is laughing is Killer, who ha- would wear the Iron Maid kind of mask, and he's laughing while crying, the same way that uh, the people of Ibisu uh, laugh. And Kid just like, what did they do to make you act like this? And he turns to everyone, is like, who did this to my partner? So, bit of uh, emotional investment in this arc now for Kid. So there you go. And Luffy, of course, doesn't know what's going on because he doesn't know about the Ibiza thing. Uh, they hang uh, the two of them upside down in a tank of seawater uh, so that they will drown. And they're actually like, you know, yanking them up and dipping them back down. And Queen's like, all right, time to resume the Sumo Inferno. And he and he says to Luffy, you know, reiterates the moment you leave this arena, the spikes in your collars are going to kill you. That's going to remain the same. The new rule is that they are going to stay in the water as long as you're alive and will only pull them out once you guys are dead. And Luffy is like, well, I've got nothing to do with them. And Queen starts doing his dance was saying, well, yeah, but why do you look like you're panicking right now? Oh, I know. Is it because you're rivals? <laughs> <laughs> it's like doing his mocking taunt thing while he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: mm, 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 mm.
0: Oh, I'm so sexy. He says you might do infamous deeds, earn bounties of billions, but every human being can drown in just two inches of water. He's right. Look what—just look at what happened to, to in uh, fucking glass.
1: <laughs> I didn't watch it. It sounded awful.
0: It did sound awful. Luffy's like, well, why don't you get on the stage then? I'm going to beat you and put an end to this. And Queen just casts his fist aside when Luffy tries to use his gum-gum ability to stretch out towards him. And he's like, you're not in charge here. Don't be fooling yourselves. Who said you could feel hope? What makes you think you're getting out of here alive? You think you can beat us? All of you are going to die one by one. And some of the guards are like, oh, he's in a bad mood because he hasn't gotten to eat his Oshiruko today. And at that moment... Someone wants Oshiruko, apparently, Chris. And they seem to be at the gates. And, uh... Big Mom is here, I guess.
1: Presumably. She hasn't, like, burst through the wall yet, but I'm guessing that's coming up soon.
0: Luffy did get to reply to what Queen said by saying the one who decides where I'll die is me. But, uh, yeah, that's where we are right now. Uh, It seems as though uh, we now know how the hell they're getting out of this situation. So...
1: There's a lot going on, a lot of lot of moving pieces, and One Piece sort of thrives in this sort of chaos. I love getting to see all the Straw Hats, like, getting to do something, having their cool moments of, like, kind of watching each other's back and protecting each other and looking cool, and kind of just seeing that uh, this point where we're kind of at the angle where this arc is about like not doing anything and kind of quietly observing stuff seems to be over. And it's like, Hey, let's get shit fucking moving. Now it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it. That is the manga for this week, everyone. So we're going to call it here. Thank you everyone for joining us for weekly manga recap. We record the show Wednesdays at around seven thirty PM Eastern time. Uh-huh. Uh, you can check out more of our episodes on our YouTube channel, as well as on Uh, com and on iTunes, which we were told this week uh, iTunes finally has a manga section, a manga category for podcasts. So, hmm. We should move over there. We were too dangerous, Chris. Too dangerous. The hobby hobby
1: workers were like, they're Mm. right on our heels. We got to do something to stop these boys. They're going to fucking overtake us.
0: We'll, We'll make them... You know, we'll give them their own little territory so they can feel like they're in charge of that one. Say, ah! Nick, do
1: we run? No.
0: Then we're never leaving
1: the hobby section, my boys! We're staying here until every woodworker alive acknowledges us. They recognize our greatness, and we win the Christmas Bowl.
0: I mean, it would be nice if people wanted to listen specifically to a manga podcast, could find us. But, I mean... Okay, if scars we scars
1: get... on a back are a swordsman's shame, Nick. And all I can think about is some shitty woodworker. As we turn our back to leave to the animation and manga section, he just like picks, like points me in the back, like bricks me, and I'm like, ah, a wound on my back I'll never recover from.
0: <laughs> well, if we get some, if we get a surrender notification from the woodworkers, Chris, then only then will you be able to accept this transfer. Yeah. Anyway, let me just make an account here. Woodworkers are us. <gasps> we surrender and send to eklamongrecap@yahoo.com. As uh, oh, Chris, you never believe it. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, If you would like to suggest future manga for us to read or or to uh, just keep up with uh, the recommendations that we have already covered or to participate in the chapter of the week stuff, which I completely forgot about. We're going to go back to that in just a second. Uh, You can join our Discord server and, and involve yourself in the conversation. There's an entire spreadsheet that is linked there that Ninja X3i set up so that you can... Uh, see the vote for favorite character, for uh, favorite series, as well as uh, all the the recommendations that we've taken and have already been suggested and stuff like that. Uh, thanks to NGXDI for help there. And thanks to our Patreon supporters, because you allow us to create all sorts of fun bonus content for you guys to enjoy. We, create, we did some bonus podcasts last week that you should be seeing shortly. And uh, especially thanks to Steve Mann and this planet. And with that said, now let's go over what our favorites were for this week. were Chris.
1: Uh, I'm going to put my favorite chapter down as one bees.
0: Mm. I can totally get that. Uh, I'm a little bit torn on this one because there were a couple of different really good series this week. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with Beast Children. I really liked the stuff that happened in this one, getting to know our main character better. Uh, and I do like the final twist that it ends on that uh, changes the dynamic that it looked like we were building towards uh, kind of an inverse, uh, an inversion of Haiku, uh, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, and favorite character.
1: I'm going to give mine to Captain Kid. I like mm-hmm. I like seeing the side of him, like, like getting some more context with him and killer. Maybe it should just be killer. I guess consider them maybe a, a combined vote or something like that. But yeah,
0: uh, I'm giving mine to Kohaku. Uh, she had, uh, she took action this week and it paid off. And, uh, also just, you know, more funny moments from her. Uh, and they were like seeing just being herself and never be like, no, no, stop.
1: <laughs> it is a very amusing little moment. Uh, and it's worth noting that the audience agreed with us on one piece, but their favorite character of the week was twice. we totally understand it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Is very cool.
0: Alright, that's gonna do it. So thank you everyone for joining us for Weekly Recap. Uh anything else we want to say?
1: No. And in fact
0: No. Okay.
1: I'm never saying anything again. My mic's gone! Well, Nothing left to say.
0: Um Well, thank you everyone for joining us for Week in Maga Recap. I guess weekly room, I guess WMR is going to continue as a solo venture except so that there will be a loud half listening man in the background occasionally shouting over me um, when, whenever he wants
1: Raise mm. funny goodbye
0: everyone more tits